Folks, uh, it's time now for the General Knowledge Podcast, Season 4, Episode 14 for this one. Uh, we do have a special guest on with us for this evening, um, but before we uh, bring him into the conversation, Andy's here with us. How are you, Andy? I'm very good, thanks, General. Yeah. Are you dry? Pouring a bucket of Epsom, Epsom salts into my wife's bucket. <laughs> 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 what if she got sore muscles? Uh, what have yeah, you guys yeah. been up to? You've been climbing or uh, boxing, or what have you been doing, man? Oh <laughs> uh, no! Uh, you, do you know you know Pane Andoff? <clears throat> Pane, no. he's sort of um, into uh, all sorts of stuff involving UFO tech and, oh, okay. and um, you know uh, remote viewing and stuff like that. He did a big remote viewing course today so um we were down there i was giving him a hand with um setting up and everything so oh, cool. so yeah it was good it was a full-on day yeah. that is interesting i love that remote viewing stuff man that's very cool there's actually another podcast i listen to just for entertainment purposes only these bunch of canadian fellas they they do all this sort of thing and yeah they always yeah. they have this call-in show they do and they they one of the guy who hosts the show he has a box on his desk and he always, before the show starts, he hides something in the box. And then when they're finished with every caller, he gets them to try and remote view what's in the box. No one's ever gotten it, but it's pretty fucking funny, though. <laughs> oh, man. This guy, this guy would nail it every time. Yeah, wow. You know? yeah, that's fucking interesting. It's amazing. So, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is. So, um, so, yeah, that's what I've been up to today. So, yeah. Well, good stuff, man. Well, thanks. I appreciate your time and jumping on, mate. It's... Uh, very good to have you on with our guests this evening. We did try to do this uh, last uh, last fortnight, but uh, Andy and I had to had to throw down and, and do a show. Um, John, who's with us this evening, was suffering major computer problems last week, and hopefully it's all sorted out. He's with us now. John, how are you, mate? Thanks for coming on the show, John Hamer. Yeah, thanks, Lee. I'm great. Um, hi, Andy, as well. Yeah, it's good to be back on. Thank you. Awesome, mate. And, of course... We have got you here to uh, go over the brand new book, which uh, came out just recently. Welcome to the Masquerade, Prelude to the Coming Reset. Um, great work um, put out by yourself and uh, co-authored by uh, Shannon Rowan as well, too. So, mate, the book, um, it, you must be relieved that it's finally available now. You've finished it. It's out. You've done all these revisions. And I remember talking to you about this months ago, about this book coming out. You've been yeah. working on it so hard, man. You must be relieved. Oh, massive. 
since since Christmas. It's just been a nightmare. Um, the problem being, you know, you mentioned Shannon there, just for the benefit of the listeners there. Shannon is my co-author. She's based out in California, so you can imagine there's an eight-hour time gap. So trying to coordinate the the proofing or the proofreading of the book and, and amendments and stuff has just been a nightmare. Every single time there's a, an amendment needed, it's, it's taken a 24-hour cycle to actually get it done and confirmed. It's not like we're kind of in the same room together and we can just do it, uh, you know, quite easily. Mm. It, it's been a hell of a process. And, and it was something that we never considered, actually, when we were kind of predicting when the book would be out. So, but we've certainly learned a lot of lessons from it, and we know exactly what not to do next time. So, there is going to be a follow-up to it as well, by the way. So, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. That doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest. But I mean, from what I've seen, this yeah. this thing is quite the tone too. There's a lot of work in this book. <laughs> and I mentioned to you just yeah. before we, actually, just before Andy joined the conversation, before we started recording, I said the way I kind of see this book is that if, if you know of anyone out there who has been in a coma for the last two years and wants to know what's going on, you'd be putting this book in front of their nose going, read this. This is what's really happening, you know? Exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. So it's basically, is that sort yeah. of what you would kind of, in a, in a real condensed, for, you'd be called this basically a snapshot of the last sort of two years? Is that what you would kind of say what this book is? What yeah, seen that's exactly it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it originally started off, it was going to be something completely different. But just as we were kind of, uh, getting to the point of uh, having putting our ideas down on paper for the new book, all this stuff broke out. The COVID stuff broke out, and so you know we made a, a quick decision to to change things and go with that. So we've kind of been documenting it as it as it's gone along for the last two years, and yeah, this book is a is a result of that. And we've looked into kind of every well, we've tried to look into every single possible aspect of it and how all the different elements that, that have gone together to make this situation, to make this world situation as it, as it is now, how they've all, you know, been kind of, um, you know, coordinated and planned and by whom and mm. for what reasons. You know, so it's all, it, it's all a comprehensive so you, you, guide, if you, you like. You name names, philosophy. would you say, John? Oh, absolutely. We name names, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, hey, Ethan's yeah. just joined us now. We'll just quickly pause the chat there. Well, we'll keep recording, of course, but we'll come back to that in a second there. John, Ethan, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you being able to get on, brother. Good to see you too, man. Hope you're well. Yeah, hello, everyone. Good to be here. Good to be back. Um, looking forward to a good chat. Yeah, we literally, we literally only sort of just started anyway. Uh, we're just sort of bringing in, oh, uh, awesome. just started talking about the book now. Um, of course, we've got yeah, John Hamer with us uh, to go over the, the brand new tome that is available for everyone. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, we, uh, he was just telling us that the, the John, that you um, never actually intended the book to be about what it was. What was the book going to be about originally? Right, okay, this is kind of connected to what I just mentioned before about there being a sequel to it. It was more about the way that, that um, we're being pushed into all this AI stuff and transhumanism, the, the transhumanism agenda, if you like, which right. is kind of a continuation of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. You know, We believe that the ultimate goal is, and, and again, you know, I'm giving away now, but it doesn't matter what the, uh, what the sequel to this book is about, and it's kind of where we go from here. And that is their ultimate aim is total transhumanism. Mm. So it's it's just a, a, a long process that they're undergoing at the minute. Um, but as I said, we were kind of hijacked by the COVID thing. So that seemed the most appropriate way to go for now. And then 
you know, still got the opportunity to lead into the stuff about AI and transhumanism. Because again, they've not changed their agenda. That is exactly where they're going if they get their own way, which mm. they won't, by the way. Well, that's another story. Yeah. yeah, they do. They do appear to be working towards this, don't they? This this merger of machine with, and man with the technology that they're yeah. they're putting out there right now. The the way that this new yeah. vaccine, um, uh, you know, manufacturing directive is, has taken a different course as well from your traditional style to now messing with people's yeah. genes. Yeah, that's that's going to be the latest thing. It's going to be providing yeah. uh, RNA based. It's all going to be RNA based technology from now on. That seems to be the way to do it, isn't it? It's all about messing with what it is to be a natural human being and changing that yeah. and using yeah. science yeah. as the as the way to do well, it. Yeah. That's right. Well, Shannon and I have a very kind of simplistic view of, of why we're going where we're going, and that is because for millennia, these people they've wanted to control us and they have they've been successful at it to a certain degree but the problem is they are basically shit scared of us you know and they, and they always have been because you know at now at this point in time there are eight billion of us there's only a few thousand of them so they are they are running terrified of us the the way that they see is going to be the ultimate way to control us is through the technology for which patents already exist and that is for controlling the mind and controlling the body remotely as well mm. these patents already exist mm. so the technology already exists yeah wasn't there some file so, by microsoft john did, did you see those ones about controlling literally physically control having the ability to control people like wirelessly yes. like muscle control exactly. and all this sort of stuff like it's exactly. phenomenal i'm pretty sure microsoft filed those patents themselves yeah that's right and, and this is this is all um you know as you mentioned uh, lee the, the vaccinations are going to partly facilitate that mm. i saw a video just as an aside i saw a video a few weeks ago that someone sent me of a doctor somewhere in the world i can't even remember where it was now but he heated one of the vaccine doses in a in a test tube and he poured it into a dish and there was actually molten metal there. You know, it, it kind of boiled the vaccine and then poured it out and there was actually molten metal in the... Uh, Jesus. Right. So, yeah, the, this I think that was the nanotechnology that's in there that kind of coalesced into its natural constituents when it was heated beyond a certain point, you know. So, yeah, the... the they really do see that transhumanism is the ultimate way to control us and they can just you know that once they've achieved that goal which again i don't think they ever will but that's where they're going once they've achieved that goal they believe that they've got us exactly where they want us and to be frank if they ever do reach that point then it's the end of the human race as we know it you know we're finished yeah and they have a free run you know, it's to do whatever the hell they want. Well, Ethan's so that, that, just sent that, me a link, um, John, which which leads right into what we were sort of talking about that um, uh, Ethan published uh, last month, I think it was, about a month ago. Uh, Queensland researchers launched world first wireless neurostimulator for brain implants. So Queensland University, right at the forefront of that technology here in our own country, Ethan. Um, crazy stuff, this, this collaborative effort that um, have been involving... Researchers at uh, UQ uh, created the world's first integrated and completely wireless remote care platform. So, like we were saying, it's it's all part of the agenda, isn't it, Ethan? Yeah, absolutely, mate. It, what John was saying struck a chord when he was talking about being controlled uh, remotely, being controlled wirelessly, and this is what these uh, Queensland researchers have discovered. It's a world first, which now you can be treated no matter where you are in the world, 
if you have a brain implant. And obviously, as we know, this whole transhumanist push started through medicine. A lot of people, you know, with pacemakers and all that type of stuff, that was the first sort of development of man with these types of things in them. And, and pa certain patients now do have brain implants, but they've now figured out a way that they can monitor that patient wherever they are in the world and, and do it remotely. And this is the type of foundation that's going to lead to this dystopian type of control. It's always the footprint, that the, the, the launching pad. Once they discover they can do that, that's going to lead to, you know, bigger things, which John has obviously referred to and is, is publishing great work about. So just that sprung to my mind that well, it, Queensland, we are at the forefront of, of trying to develop how we can do that remote control work the, with brain implants. This concerns me to the point too, um, Ethan, that we, we're sort of seeing this come out now. This is, you know, one of the things that they're working on. <laughs> Makes you wonder what else are these fuckers working on that they're trying to do to put in us or control us or to do something with us. You know, we we, we get these tidbits of information exactly. when they want to brag about what they're doing, but we don't often hear about the skunk works of what's going on behind the scenes in places like fucking DARPA and all this sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, this is in some of the the world's leading universities and, and the tech universities that are behind these things. Who knows even if Silicon Valley in the states is you know involved in this sort of stuff as well and these kinds of technologies, but. I mean, there you go. It's just one example of one small aspect of that they're working on. Yeah, and we know that this is just a clear indication of the direction that they're going with this sort of technology. So, crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah we, mm. absolutely. We spoke about it on a few episodes back about the Welcome Leap and the Welcome Trust, mm. some of their projects that they're doing. There's some of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, and they actually modelled Welcome Leap off of DARPA. They wanted it to be the health equivalent DARPA for the health world, mm. just advanced research, and, and they're really at the forefront. Remember the uh, Thousand Days program oh, yeah, with yeah, babies, we how, can we, how can we intervene within the first thousand days to help prevent a whole range of diseases and whatnot, and work with Neuralink that we're seeing at the moment is really getting to the forefront. Elon Musk, you know, mm. he's gone from experimenting on pigs and monkeys to doing human trials on the horizon. You know, this is the future is is this type of thing is going to be inside of us and as john said it's going to be total transhumanism that's the vision yeah yeah so that's where we're leading towards john is this this transhumanist fucking whip dream that they've been working on for some time but let's let's take a little step back where did you obviously this book you know you you had the idea to, to tackle basically the covid stuff and throughout the whole journey of this but what's your starting point for this book where do you where do you i know you, you, transhumanism was the original and you've kind of changed it on the fly but yeah. at what point do you do you go now we still want to do a transhumanist book and instead of just going let's just start a book about this covid nonsense and stuff like where, where was your, your starting off point because i want to just sort of just take it uh, take it back to the beginning a bit like, how, how do you start a book like this mate uh yeah well we, we looked at the <clears throat> First of all, we looked at the prelude to it all, you know, things like uh, Event 201 and Cladex, which were massive exercises, pandemic um, control exercises, if you like. Cladex was the first one in 2018. And then, then um, Event 201 was a, a, an even bigger event, which took place literally a couple of months before the COVID stuff broke. Um, so we kind of looked at that. And then we thought, well, you know, it, that's all very well going back 
a year or, or a couple of years, but what happened before that. So we actually look at the entire run-up to it all, and we looked at, we looked at all the previous so-called pandemics um, and, and analysed those and looked at the trends and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't just a case of, oh, yeah, COVID, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a comprehensive look at the entire entirety of the whole plan and, and you know, going back to its very beginnings and how we've been, um, had all this predictive programming. There's a, there's, a, there's a big chapter on predictive programming there in there um, where you know all these Hollywood films and TV shows and all this sort of stuff for years and years and years they've been pushing this idea of this global pandemic and this scary global pandemic and and yeah it, it, it's it's just a, a, a it's been a progression and it's been it's been in the pipeline for absolutely decades basically at mm. least two decades possibly mm. three um, and that, and this is this has been the culmination of the work that they've done to prepare us mentally for what's coming. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah that I, like that, I like that you've taken that angle on it to try and get people's minds around the fact that this this wasn't just something that started on, you know, day one of the pandemic. This was a massive lead up to this event uh, and all the pieces yeah. were kind of in place for it to, to fall and to happen on and that there's particular so day. Much Sorry, mate. Yeah, and there's so much evidence to prove that this has been in the planning for a long time mm. you know it's not just a coincidence that it's happened uh, you know but for, for at least five or six years Fauci and people like him have been actually referring to this coming pandemic but it kind of gets you know I mean I didn't you know to be fair I didn't even notice it myself at the time but when you look back at statements that they've made over the past years you know they're, they're preparing us mentally for you know what's to come and, and you know the, some of the statements that they made I can't think of anything specific off the top of my head right now but there's a lot of stuff in the book um, it, it just proves that they knew all along what was coming and uh, they've been planning for it for a long time so yeah that, that's so we, we took it right back to its very beginning I suppose is the in a nutshell answer to the question yeah well, I do like that you sort of tied in even through things like media and stuff you know preparing us mentally for this sort of thing this eventuation of the the constant outbreaks yeah. and you know uh, viruses and you, know, you look at movies like uh, World War Z and stuff and who, you know who who was the big savior? Oh, the World Health Organization, the UN was the big savior. You know, like oh, we've got to get the you know it's all, it's always these people, these big groups that they they paint uh, on high as the as the saviors, of course. And who did everyone turn to? Uh, the Who, of course. You know, you know everything came out of yeah. the Who. The Who recommends this. The Who recommends that. You know, it was all coming well, out of there. Absolutely. Well, the Who. You know, for anyone who's not aware of this, is a very, very powerful organisation. It actually has the power to override national governments in the event of a pandemic being declared. And who's responsible for declaring that pandemic? The who. Yeah. So basically, they are very, very, very powerful. And of course, who virtually owns the who? It's Sir Mr. Gates, isn't it? You know, yeah, he's he, the biggest contributor, he isn't he? It. Sorry, he's one of the biggest contributors, isn't he, to the Who? Absolutely, by far the biggest contributor, mm. and in effect, he owns it. So it, you could uh, there is a, a, a debatable argument that that Bill Gates actually runs the world, you know, mm. and uh, it's it's quite hard to to uh, deny that actually. Do you go into um, you know? There's a lot of talk lately, and we actually Andy and I spoke about it on the last show that we did about how these two main corporations, BlackRock and Vanguard Group, seem to be the ones that are 
that own everything everywhere um, and they're secretly the yeah. ones kind of pulling the strings. Is there any mention of companies like this in the book? You know, how these are some of the no. big leaders behind these groups? Not, not specifically by name, but obviously we go into the geopolitical situation about how these big corporations, you know, uh, wield a totally disproportionate influence, you know, and, and that uh, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a truism to say that governments are just powerless, aren't they? Governments are just puppets, you know, so, mm. you know, people like you've got over there, like that Daniel Andrews guy who sounds like an absolute you know, tyrant. All, all, you know, all of them. All he's of not them. there. <laughs> yeah, all of them, but, but him specifically, I think he's probably the most famous of them. Well, certainly from Oz anyway, yeah, uh, far, yeah. as far as we Brits are concerned. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, these people have, have no real power. They're just they're just puppets for the people who sit above us up here, you know. Mm. Mate, take us on a bit uh, of a journey. So you obviously, you kind of, you know, from the get-go of the book, you've got some big key... Yeah. What are the big key points, the big key... The big chapters in this book. What do you think? Uh, you know, when you, if you were to sort of recommend, you were talking about the book to someone else, and you go, "Well, in this book, I cover bang, bang, bang." You know, like what are the some of the three big yeah. or three or four big chapters in this book that people need to know about? Yeah, well, I mean, there's twelve chapters altogether. I mean, I'll just briefly talk talk you through. Not well, maybe not cover every one, but <laughs> yeah, we start about we start off by talking about um, coronavirus the word coronavirus actually which is very very significant believe it or not um and how all the different manifestations of that word again they've been pumped at us for the last few years you know so there's things like you know um corona typewriters uh have played a big part in it the symbolism behind corona typewriters so much of that is is there tom hanks um he's he's a very big player of course in the uh uh, you know, in the people who are, uh, are perpetuating this nonsense, mm-hmm. and he took mm-hmm. uh, a Corona typewriter with him. You know, why would oh, a? That's right. I remember that. Yeah, uh, and there's all this symbolism around the word Corona. Corona is actually the pagan goddess of plagues, <gasps> believe it or not. You know, um, there's a. It's all, and then there's all the sun symbology as yeah, well around Corona, corona. meaning the crown, yeah. and all this. Th- we've talked about exactly, that, haven't we? Exactly, yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, yep. So it's all about all the numbers and word games they play around the actual word coronavirus and yeah, and, and the anagrams. There's a lot of anagrams as well connected to coronavirus. You know, like carnivorous is an anagram of coronavirus. There's all sorts of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I already mentioned we talk about. Um, the predictive programming from Hollywood and through the TV, all the different, we go, through, we, we mention at least 30 different films and TV shows that have really played a big, big role in predictive programming for this stuff. I've already mentioned about Event 201, Cladex. There's also in that category, and I, I don't know how many people are aware of this, but uh, something called the World Military Games took place in Wuhan exactly at the time that the uh, uh, COVID outbreak was happening. Mm-hmm. Now, the World Military Games is like a kind of Olympic Games for all the different militaries. So all the athletes from all the different world's militaries went over to Wuhan, took place, it took place at exactly the same time that this stuff was starting. And then they used that as an excuse for the way that it spread around the world. Because all these athletes came from all over the world and they contracted it whilst they were in Wuhan, and they all took it back home. 
and that was used. I mean, that that was no accident. I mean, they knew exactly what they were doing when they organised the World Military Games at Wuhan. Mm. So, yeah, mm. that, that's a significant event as well in there. Talk a lot about Bill Gates and his, his wife and the, Bill, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, how Gates is a eugenicist, you know, and his, and his family background as being a eugenicist. You know, we asked the question, why would a eugenicist be interested in saving the world through vaccines? You know, when his actual... Uh, raison d'etre is actually to kill people, which mm. you know, is what eugenics is all about, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We talk a lot about big pharma. Um, we talk about the symbology behind the masks as well. Um, you know, things like, you know, we go back into history and look at the plague doctors and something called the Carnival of Venice, uh, that kind of thing, which is, is a masquerade, which kind of gave us the inspiration for the title. Um, you know, and how, how how the masks have actually been used to to subjugate us all completely. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's so much stuff in there. And then we talk about mind control and social engineering and how that's been used and, and uh, in what ways that's been used, again, to subjugate us and to, and to make us believe that this utter, utter bollocks was real. And then, of course, there's a huge chapter about... Uh, the book that Klaus Schwab wrote called COVID-19, The Great Reset. Um, I absolutely, well, we absolutely analyze that to bits in the book and and show how that, you know, what, the, what he was saying in that book, which was purportedly written after the, the, the COVID thing broke out, but there is abs- when you look at it, there's absolutely no way that was the case. Wouldn't, wouldn't you it. love to get those emails from his publisher and be like, when did you first start receiving those emails? I bet you it was well before, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Well before yeah. that fucking came out. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we also talk about uh, germ theory. We debunk germ theory. We talk about, you know, we, we talk about uh, uh, terrain theory. And we, we absolutely nail the idea that germ theory is just being used to subjugate us, the Rockefeller medical paradigm, how they, without germ theory, none of the current um, medical paradigm could exist in the way way that it does. Absolutely. It's just money making. And, and, you know, it's easy to debunk germ theory because Louis Pasteur formulated it. Actually, you know, there's there's actual evidence uh, that he actually said that he agreed that it, it, it was nonsense, you know, before he died. He, mm. he actually, there was a guy called Antoine, Antoine Béchamp, who was one of his French compatriots who, who formulated terrain theory, and he actually said before he died that Béchamp was right. But, of course, that didn't suit the Rockefeller medicine men, did it? I mean, they, they needed the germ theory to to promulgate the the medical paradigm as it is now. Yeah. It just doesn't work, that yeah. germ theory. So we go into all that kind of stuff. We talk about the parallels with AIDS and other viruses and how, you know, it's all it's all a, a kind of a psyop. It's all a kind of a money-making uh, process, really. And, of course, we go into massive, massive details about vaccines, you know, the fraud of vaccines and the history of vaccines and all that stuff. We talk about Edward Jenner, who was the guy who formulated vaccinations how he wasn't even a doctor he was a freemason and all that kind of stuff so yeah we've got there's a massive massive chapter a couple of chapters on vaccines then we talk about the depopulate depopulation agenda as well 
you know, doing the 2130 eugenics. We talk about something called the Midazolam murders, which I don't know if you guys are aware of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 136,000 people in care homes in the UK were murdered using the drug midazolam mm -hmm. by the British, you know, so we, we cover all that, you know, every, every aspect of it you could possibly imagine we talk about, that was just a very, very brief snapshot of it. Well, I mean, you, you had uh, a massive pool of things to choose from to talk about in this book over what's happened the last two years, I mean... It's, there's, there's probably far too many. No wonder you're doing a fucking another another chapter of me, another uh, book after this one. Goodness me, there's so much to talk about. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's uh, enough fodder there to keep you writing for the next decade. I think about this particular topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what specifically did um, would you say that Shannon uh, had her hand in with this book? Was it just the transhumanism kind of angle, or was she sort of intricate in uh, the rest of the book as well? No, actually, she actually wrote more than me she she actually wrote seven chapters and i wrote five out of the 12. we oh, did right, okay. but obviously we, we did mix and match a little bit you know we, we contributed to each other's you know yep. the bulk of the bulk of um each chapter was written by mainly one of us and with the with contributions from the other one where we felt you know appropriate so yeah so yeah and sharon Shannon's a very very knowledgeable uh geopolitical analyst basically and and she you know she's i think what Kind of stimulated us to write the book together was that when we were writing to each other uh, through email, we noticed that our style, writing styles, are very similar. And I think you know that that's that's absolutely borne out in the book itself. I think it's absolutely impossible to tell which one of us wrote which chapter. You know, which is <laughs> well, that's yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, any lads want to chime in with a uh, question for John before I move on to the next bit? Andy's on mute. Um, yeah, uh, John. Um, I just, um, you know, in regards to um, the COVID, all the, the whole COVID thing, you know, obviously the UK seemed to be coming out of it, um, as does Australia. Which, like, in the last two few months, it's kind of surprised me a little bit. I know we've got elections and things coming up now, but it, it surprises me the level of that they seem to have taken their foot off our necks a little bit. Mm. Uh, I'm just interested in your opinion, like where do you see, like, is it go, are we just going into like another fear-based program, like, you know, maybe a, um, you know, an economic crash or something like that, or or, or will the, the whole COVID thing, you know, in your opinion, rise up, you know, in another level, maybe later in the year? Um, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, you've just started your summer. We're just sort of getting into a winter now. Um, yeah. where, do you, where do you see the actual whole COVID thing going? Is it just going to roll into a natural death? And with, you know, or, or what's your opinion? Yeah, it's a good question. I, um, it's, it's a tricky one, uh, Andy, but I, I actually believe, and it's just my opinion, I think they finished the COVID now. I, th I think we've seen the back of that. The, the reason that I say that is there's so much infrastructure you know, with all the um, uh, in shops, with all the plastic shielding and the, the notices everywhere, that's all been gone. It's all been dismantled. I think if they were if they were preparing to carry on with that, they would have left all that in place because it must have cost an absolute fortune that stuff, and they must have been manufacturing it for years 
and years before it actually happened. It must have been, you know, because that whole infrastructure was huge. I don't know if, you, if it was the same in Hawks, but, you know, it, it, the whole dynamic of, <coughs> of towns and cities had changed because of this COVID thing. Now that's all been dismantled. Uh, is that yeah. is that what's happening now? Yeah. Because you know that's definitely yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So, so, so that what make, that's what makes me think that they finished with that. And and as you yeah. kind of in, in, intimated, they're just going to move on to the next fear-based, you know, trauma-based mind control uh, stuff. You know, at the moment we've got this Ukraine thing. I'm not quite sure where that's going, but there's, that's definitely all manufactured. That is not a that is not a, a genuine. War as such. I'm not saying people aren't being killed. Of course they are. But um, oh, did, again, did, did you see who won the uh, Eurovision contest, boys? Sorry. Did you see who won the Eurovision contest? I just noticed this morning when I switched on my computer. Yes, and what a shock! That <laughs> what was, a shock! Of course, it's the Ukraine. <laughs> like, come on, does it does it not get yeah. obvious than this? I mean, come on. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, and apparently the, the, the rumor was that. that that Ukraine would win it and the UK would become would come second because it's political and and the UK have been uh, you know honoured with this award of becoming second because of all the arms that they supplied to the Ukrainians so that was that was the rumour yeah I mean the whole the Eurovision Song Contest I know we're digressing slightly but the Eurovision Song Contest for years and years and years has been highly politicised you know all the Scandinavian countries vote for each other all the Eastern European countries vote for each other everybody votes against the UK because they don't like us <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, you know so it's all been highly political so the fact that Ukraine won it yeah what a shock uh, but yeah to go back to the original original point um, we just lurch, if you notice, from one major crisis to another. And that seems to be intensifying as time goes by. Um, you know, if we have terrorism, where's that gone? That's gone away now. We're onto something new. You know, we've had the, we've had the pandemic now. I think there will probably more, be more pandemics in the future. I yeah. do. Well, I, COVID, I, I, they could do. Sorry. It does. It does seem like we're moving into um, like some sort of an economic crash. I mean, they've, oh, yeah, they've yeah. definitely they've definitely spent. Well, we've just ticked over a national debt of a trillion dollars now. So it's definitely seems that that they were like fully used the COVID thing to to put the country into an unsustainable debt here. So yeah, um, I, I feel it'll it'll sedge way into you know. Um, massive rises in interest rates, uh, which will will slide into, you know, a collapsing of the housing market and basically, you know, um, like the end of the end of good times for for us here in regards to our economy. Anyway, yeah, they're definitely um, starting to do that, aren't they, Andy? Because uh, we've already seen for the first time in how long um, that the interest rates actually went up for the first time uh, in, in in Australia. In fair. Years, so, yeah. years, you know what I mean? For the first time, it went up. Um, <clears throat> but you're right, we know that central bank digital currencies are the next thing that they want to put in. It's the removal of cash or as much cash as possible, put put the central bank digital currencies in. Uh, yeah, we've yeah. seen, we've already started to see a few me moves towards 
uh, you know, crashing the crypto market to make that look unstable so that people then want something stable. Oh, here, you know, it's that whole um, Hegelian dialectic of problem, reaction, solution. You know, they're, they're going to create the, they've already created the problem to instigate the solution, which is their own central bank digital currencies. Um, that they want, you know, the, the world to, to call for because, oh, we need stable money. We need stable money. You know, that's what everyone will be calling for when the next crash comes. And, oh, look, what we've, we've already been testing these and these work great. Here you go. Uh, everyone switch over, you know. Now your cash is useless. Go and, go and, change, go and, go and take it, bank your money at the ATM um, because you'll never see cash again. And you've got to cash that in to get your central bank digital currencies and get your digital wallet on your digital uh, device uh, or on the fucking Definitely. chip that's been implanted in you. Or, you know, that's, that's where we're going. Yeah. It, that'll be the next yeah. move. And I think, Andy, you're right. Well, you're, that's where this, this, the, the moves are now in place for that to, to come within, well, I think by 2030, we'll probably see that instigated here in this country anyway. Definitely. Well, by the middle of last year, 86% of central banks were actually uh, live testing it. Mm. You know, so yeah, I've, I've read some of the white papers from um, the Reserve Bank of Australia as well. They've they've had a few, even named some of the um, the big tech companies um, that were behind helping them um, test it out and stuff here as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The infrastructure I mean, the- is already being put in place in the background. All the yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I mean that is absolutely. <clears throat> Uh, the, the, the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, it's absolutely really insidious. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but Ultimate do you know control. that it will have, have, a, have an expiry date? Yeah, that's what I mean. They, well, they, they don't have to, but they can put an expiry date on them if they so wish to. Yeah, that's right. It's ultimate yeah. control. Ultimate control. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, say, an expiry date of a month, which they could easily do? That means nobody could ever save for anything again. It would just keep us in poverty for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Just just that one fact. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you have to spend all your money within a month, otherwise it it just disappears. So mm. you couldn't save for a house, you couldn't save for a car, you couldn't save for a holiday, you couldn't... Yeah, We're already being just, gamed, you know, we've been being gamed towards this for for quite a long time now in, uh, in society in general, you know what I mean? Like, with regards to, you know... Um, scanning in and getting bonus points and getting things for this, but you know, you've got to use them before the month out years out, or otherwise you lose them. And you know, we're constantly being gamed and, and mentally prepared for these sort of things. Very similar to like what you talked about in the beginning of the show with regards to, yeah, you know, we, we were prepped long before COVID was here. We were prepped for COVID. You know what I mean? And we're being prepped for that digital currency now, and and what goes along with it, of course, with like you said, having expiry date on it. You know. It's all, it's all, all the prep work has been put in place. The gamification of it all, you know what I mean? This whole, you know, like kids these days, it's just, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just tap my phone on this. We'll just tap it, you know, and that's, it's all a game to them. You know what I mean? It's not real. It's not like having money, physical money yeah. where they've got. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Rant on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, actually I'm just looking at, um, Another one that Ethan put out just recently on TOT2 News, cross-department digital ID pilot plan for New South Wales. So, you know, these, uh, that was in the 4th, so about 11 days ago, 4th of May, he put that one up. So, you know, this, it's all being, uh, every, every little part of the government is all putting their little things in place for this whole switch over to the digital, the digital everything, you know what I mean? And money's, money will be a part of that. It, It already is now, to be honest. You know, money is already yeah, a part of it. the social credit system as well that they're going to bring in, you know, as is happening yeah, in China. That's the scary part of it. And, and yeah, I mean, feel free to speak to yeah. more to that. Did you you mention that at all by chance in the book, the social credit system? Yeah. You do? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, not ma- not massively, but, yeah, we do cover it, yeah. 
yeah. pretty clean. Yeah. yeah. And uh, also the CBDCs as well, you know. Mm. Mm. And and again, it, what's it got to do with control? It's just about control. It's about control. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's oh, awesome stuff, man. Um, I can't wait to get a copy of it. I'm going to wait until this month is done and dusted before I order my, my copy of the book, though. It's a, May is a terrible month for me. There's there's Mother's Day, birthdays, and, and about four and a half grand's yeah. worth of bills I've got to pay in this month. So um, oh my God. It's, it's a terrible month. But anyway, um, yeah. uh, Ethan, did you want to uh, ask anything of our uh, guests before we move on to the next bit of it? No, no questions, General. Just... <clears throat> Excuse me. Good discussion there. I'm um, talking about obviously a lot of things that we've spoken about for years, mate. Mm. The gamification of society, and well, you mentioned that I believe on a podcast way back that we did this whole gamification notion that it's all a game and links great into what John was talking about with the social credit system. You know, lots of smiley faces and emojis and all this type of stuff, and. We're seeing it. The New South Wales government said that they're going to be a completely cashless society by 2024. They will be completely cashless and this is all integrating into it. And you see, you know, cryptocurrencies out there, but once you you see, you know, like people like the Rothschilds own $13 billion worth of Bitcoin and stuff, you start to, you know, you're starting to see it now ebb and have ebbs and flows like a normal stock market. It doesn't seem as decentralized as it once was. And you're starting to wonder and... To your point, it's 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 definitely morphing into a new phase, and that's what it seems like. And I've theorised it's almost like a hundred-year cycle. Back a hundred years ago, they had World War One, then the Spanish Flu, then the Great Depression, then World War Two, all back to back. And we've had, you know, especially in this era, wars fake and everything's all produced and everything. But we've had the War on Terror. Now we've had the coronavirus pandemic. Now we're going to go through a Great Depression 2.0 and then what comes out of that is a, a final mm. conflict, which isn't necessarily a conflict. That's just mainly the overlay of how they want the, the world structure to look at that point. And it seems like it is a 100-year cycle that we're going through in, in a sense in that way because it's just so similar to, to what is going on. And, and we can see what's happening, you know, that similar things happened economically to... Australians back then to the world we were even back then tied up in massive uh, debt loan schemes we we borrowed out like 200 million pound at the time which was huge back then um, in the 1930s for us to borrow out from Britain there was even there was a, a Br British parliamentarian or I think it was the treasurer or something and I can't his name escapes me at the moment but he was saying i can't believe australia's so stupid they're just spending themselves into austerity and we're we're sort of going through that similar process now on a, on a world stage and we can see what is going to happen but what happened after the 1930 crash to your point you were speaking about before it was the the birth of a new system they got rid of the gold currency fiat currency was born this fake monopoly money that we have and a similar thing is going to happen on this cycle in my opinion that's when they come out with the one world digital currency mm. or it might start in countries at first and yeah. then evolve through a, a, a conflict and we might have more lockdowns and climate change and everything that's going to be our world war so to speak we're going to just a war against everything disease the climate <laughs> you know all those so there's a book for you john the war climate. against everything <laughs> <laughs> that's it so I'll, I'll, be reading that. I'll be writing that for the rest of my life I think, <laughs> yeah that's it but it's 
it's just this it, it's it's all problem reaction solution like you said general and i think that that's the next step is the digital currency coming out of this and it's just ironic that cash of society 2024 interest rates going up inflation they've ended covid right now to they they told us when they were locking us down this is it'll take you three generations to recover from this economically and everyone just said take my rights we love it take mm-hmm. it that's that's a, we need to stop the spread mm. and they we've now stopped the spread and we have to deal with the consequences yeah. which they told us were coming and this is what's going to happen and from that once like i saw an amazing photo from the great depression and it was children playing they they'd taken all the just the paper notes at the time and they were flying kites they'd made kites yeah, out of it's worthless, money because yeah. it was completely worthless at the time and that's what's going to happen here but here comes the solution digital currency just like the fiat system and it's just more and more control each and every time just the same type of mentality which is why john i like that you go back and talk about you know the, the building of these things because these things are well calculated they don't just pop out of nowhere and we're seeing it happen again mate Mm. Yeah, and that's why I think they don't care about the debt, boys. You know, like you mentioned, no. we just we just ticked over a trillion dollars here in this tiny, this small country, and there's you know twenty seven million people here or whatever it is. Um, but yet we have that much debt. Like, are you serious? You know what I mean? Like, it's just ridiculous. And that's why the last two years it wasn't about trying to reel it in and manage budgets and all that sort of stuff. It was just spend, 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 welfare, welfare, just give everyone you know, plenty of cash. doesn't matter who's going to fit that bill in the future because they don't care. They know that bill is not going to get fitted in the future. It'll it'll either get... Well, I think one thing they'll probably try and do is when the, the debt is so high, the one thing they'll, they'll do to make it and to sell it because you've got to have a selling point. You can't just say, oh, we want to switch to this because of all this debt. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna have to come out and say... Your debts will be forgiven. We'll reset everything. Get you onto this digital currency. Here you go. And and the the average Joe out there will buy it. They'll love it. They'll be like, yes, I now own my car. I don't have to pay my car off. All I've got to do is tap my phone on stuff, you know, and pay with digital currency. You know, like that's what they'll be like. Now they'll, they'll love it. They'll they'll buy it. They'll sell it through that sort of thing of of a forgiveness of of debts. You know what I mean? Rewipe everything. Start it all from scratch. Bang! Digital currencies are here to stay. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm. Universal basic income idea as well, isn't it? You know yeah. that everybody will be given a a universal a, an amount basic enslavement. John is what it really should be. But yeah, anyway. exactly. yeah mm. but people will embrace it because they think, "Great, I don't have to work. I'm just giving me yeah. all this money, isn't it? Great." But you know, the money that we'll give you will be basically a pittance. You know, just so that you can just scrape by on you know, and that and that'll be it. But, mm. uh, and and timing is everything, gentlemen. Like when I when I was writing about the cashless society last year, there was two main case studies that had already done it. The first one was Zimbabwe because they their inflation got too high, their money become worthless, and now there's like a two tiered economy where there's lots of blood money where people operate their own economy, and then there's just the overblown digital only currency in Zimbabwe, and that was a model off of a society that had trust or had distrust sorry in their government whereas the second case study was sweden and that was a country that open openly embraced cashless society a few years ago but the problem with them was and this is why timing is so key back then when they did it they had to reverse the decision a few years later because there were still too many elderly people out in the regions 
that couldn't access a bank, that didn't know, and, and they were being excluded. So they had to ensure that cash was still an option. And that's something that I've always said for the last few years is, well, you know, we, we've still got so many people in this country that operating cash don't they still go to the banks and, and it, a large elderly population in this country we've got huge you know half our population almost is over the age of 50 or whatever it's really starting to get there with all these um you know just the way things are going and now you see it with the timing you know we could talk about coronavirus and all of these aged care deaths that are happening and the elderly populations being subjected to loneliness and depression and all this type of stuff they're the last remnants of the people that it's not even about a philosophical thing to them. It's just they can't do it. They don't know how to use the technology. They don't want it, and they have to keep it an option for them. Once that guard goes, you've got a population that is, it's all about philosophical things, and they can be manipulated and brainwashed through propaganda, through selling points, like you mentioned, General to accept this one way or another whereas there's other people they it's not about accepting they just can't adapt to it they're too old to do so mm-hmm. interesting now that this is starting to be pushed and coronavirus and the elderly and you know inflation it's all happening it seems like there there really is a big mechanical process behind the scenes that's really thought this out Let's talk about bill gates you know if we we just got rid of grandma's life support. We could hire six more doctors. You know, he said yeah, that a few years ago. Yeah. Teachers are the anyway, yeah. We, we have to weigh up the cost. Well, teachers, yeah, yeah, sorry. Teachers it was. We could have six teachers if we just got rid of, yeah, you know, this. Turn off her life support. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, he, they're already thinking of this, and this seems to be, in my estimation, a process that's coming out now, and it all has to do with everything. It's this big coronavirus is like at the center of this push but as you mentioned john there's so much more going on beneath the surface mate mm. oh absolutely yeah. yeah well you mentioned the um universal basic income john um i just remembered uh, there was a really great article put out by james corbett uh, from the corbett report.com in july 21st 2018 i have had this article saved on my phone for so fucking long on one of my tabs here I always refer to it and stuff and I'll be mean to talk about it for such a long time but uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well but he basically um, <laughs> Tan Starfall is the, is the acronym which stands for there ain't no such thing as a free lunch um, he goes as you may or may not know depending on how much uh, anarchist sci-fi literature you consume the Tan Starfall is an acronym meaning there ain't no such thing as a free lunch but while that may have been popularized by the uh, Robert Heinlein uh, 1996 classic, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, at its base, it's just a reformulation of the old age historical wisdom that nothing advertised as free is ever really free. Has anyone ever suckered uh, into a high-pressure timeshare pitch on the basis of a free weekend getaway? You will know there is always a hidden cost to any free item. Um, so he goes on to talk about all that sort of stuff, but it, it's a really, really good. The article is called "Universal Basic Enslavement," uh, is what the article is called. So actually, a really, I mean, it comes from James' quality stuff, but it's an excellent article. If anyone's out there wondering why 
um, universal basic income is a bad idea, you need to read this article. It'll explain everything for you. Uh, I'll, I'll flick that over to you, John, if you like as well. If it doesn't go, yeah, it's not a massive read, but it's, it is a good article. Um, well, yeah. well worth everyone's time, that one. But I'll put that in the show notes for the folks as well out there because, yeah, that's one of the things I'll try and sell it on is, you know, like like John said, it put everyone, make everyone the same. You know, give everyone the same amount of money. You know, everyone's on the same. It's Everyone's equal. That's an equal playing field. Well, yeah, maybe for the plebs, but, um, you know, the power brokers out there are still the ones. You know, they don't care. They don't care what form money is as long as they get to control it. it, it it's, it's meaningless to them what form money actually takes is... As long as they control every part of it and every every system involved in it, then uh, that's all they worry about. Um. <clears throat> and they have for, for ages. You know, the Rothschilds created the banking system and they were knighted under the Holy Roman Empire. They were before the British Empire even come to, you know, fruition. They were back in the old ho- Holy Roman Empire. Knight, they're, they're, they're knighted under the British system and have all the accolades under that. But before that, the Holy Roman Empire, that's how long they've been around for. So it's just a constant transition of money, this whole game. They're, they're going to make sure that they're in on it because it's just, it is a game to them, mate. Yeah. Well, they control the game, though, too, don't they, boys? That's Absolutely. it. Uh, it's rigged. It, yeah. It's a rigged game, fellas. Uh, all right, mate. Um, anything else you wanted to um, go over with the book, John, before we uh, start to, to wrap this one up, mate? I mean, it's a, it is an absolute tome. How big is it against? Like 800 pages or something, isn't it? It's huge. 800 pages, yeah. Is that including it's, references? It's is it all referenced, games. mate? Sorry? Is it all referenced? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's full of references, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's actually bigger for those of those people out there who've already bought falsification of science, for example, it's bigger than that. Um, you know, marginally bigger, but it is, it's a huge work. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's, um, 340,000 words, I think. So. And just to put that into perspective, a, a standard novel is about 80 to a hundred thousand words. So yeah, yeah, well. it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's like the amount of words. I'd roughly type in a year on the website. <laughs> perspective. The <to> people. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he's pumped this out in a massive time. It'd be like, yeah, if you put if you hit the print button on your website, Ethan, and uh, printed out all your articles in a year. It'd That's be- a lot of articles, yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot of work for over a year on TOTT News, and I get the little stats at the end of the year. You know, that's it's a similar thing. So John's putting that entire, like an entire year's worth of articles in, and I, mine are minimum 1,200 words and stuff. They're not little tiny articles, so... John's putting that all in there, so mm. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great, and yeah, I think same. everyone should pick it That's up right. because it's it's a moment in history. We we know about, say, the dystopian world and how things can get out of control because Orwell's 1984. It survived through the times. Brave New World survived through the times. There's we don't know what's going to happen with the internet and all these types of things, but. For the authors out there that are writing books that you can buy and you can hold in your hand, these things can survive. And for John to write such a comprehensive book, a lot of people, we've, there's been blogs and documentaries and everything for the last two years. That's all we've heard about. But, you know, having a book as well, that's important because all of that could be wiped and all of that discussion and everything that we've learnt and, and yeah, shared. All across the world, we could go through a, a, a digital dark age like the co-founder of Google once said that we would one day once everything becomes digital. They just wipe it all so we don't have identities or accounts and all that stuff. So having a book, if all that happens, I got John Hamer's book in my hand that survives 
through my grandkids, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. We ensure that there is something that survives through the ages that people can look back on, like we look back on 1984 and go, holy crap, they were talking about that years ago. Mm-hmm. Look where we are now. They were right about all this stuff. Yeah. We're now robots, you know, whatever the case <laughs> may be. Like, but it's just... You know, and then they, there's a robot rebellion, you know, that we're 400 years from now. We don't even know where they rip all their chips out and become natural humans again. And they're holding up all a copy of the Welcome to the Masquerade going, come exactly. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it, and it just, even if you get a digital copy and stuff, print it out and ensure this type of stuff survives because it, it really is important. And, and I don't think anyone else really has, has done the work that John's done uh, with this type of with this type of novel or condensing it down yeah. into something that you for, can read and understand. Exactly. For such a pivotal moment in history, in our history, you know what I mean? Like we, we've had these pivotal moments before, like 9-11, for example, things like that. You know what I mean? Like there's some, probably some really good books out there, of course, that people should recommend on 9-11 and stuff. But I mean, this is this is one of those pivotal books, pivotal moments in, in time that's been captured, encapsulated, I should say, in a book. And this is the one to get. This is it right here. Welcome to the Masquerade Prelude to the Coming Reset. Well, look how censored the internet's just got in in recent years, mate. Half of, like, I'd say 75% of all the 9-11 documentaries and books and websites and blogs that I used to look up, they've all gone down a wormhole now with this highly controlled internet or they've just disappeared. Video is no longer available. Yeah. Exactly. There was there was hundreds. You could you couldn't stop hearing about nine eleven back then. It's a different era now. So we think about coronavirus. We could be agenda twenty thirty, climate change, all that type of stuff. And people have you know think of how quickly people forgot about the bushfires and then coronavirus come along. And now Ukraine, they'll forget about. So to have it there is just so important because things change so rapidly and we've seen that and this is such yeah. a pivotal moment in time yeah so. things pe- people just have that such a, to- a short attention span you know things that leave the the news headlines within 48 hours and it's it's forgotten you know what i mean like it's yeah. it happens very quickly except for this obviously this this main thing they've kept running for two years now so it's every head every second headline that comes out still about covid and Blah, 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 you know, all that sort of shit. But, um, mate, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I did listen to you have a chat to Adam. And um, if you wouldn't mind just letting my listeners know, like, you, you had some issues with Amazon, I think, trying to get this book out. Or, um, you know, like, they, they, they've they fucked you over on the price or something. Or like, what's the deal there? It, it, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Well, as soon as it was published, you know, and they published the... Uh, in- Pound sterling, the public, pub, you know, the, the paperback is, is £25. But as soon as it was published, Amazon reduced the price to something like £17 something. Um, and they, they, they do it all the time. You know, they, they it, it's, in a sense, it, well, it's, it's costing me money when they do that, of course, and they know this. And, um, you know, and, and that also means that I can only sell my author copies at a similar price as well, because if, if um, you know, if, if people are going to buy a copy of the book and they want a signed copy, they're not going to pay, uh, they're not going to pay £25 for a copy when they can get it for 17 from Amazon. So they do, I don't know whether they do it deliberately or, or what the reasoning behind it is. But yeah, it seems they, they, like they've done it before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
they are—they're a nightmare to deal with. I mean, you—you you think you, they're a nightmare to deal with as, as ordinary consumers, but as authors, they're just absolutely. I can't believe that they actually can just change the price on you. Like they just go, you—you you put it up there. Oh, yeah, I want to have it for this much, and they go, yeah, three pound cheaper or whatever. You're like. What? Um, who do I write Seven. to? Who do I say no? Like, you know, you're sitting there trying to find, yeah. clicking around yeah. the Amazon website, looking for something to complain to, and there's probably bouncing off yeah. walls, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, similar things happen over here as well. One of my members also named John. He's a veteran journalist here in Australia. He's been for, for years, and he's been putting out, he put out his first book uh, on the Australia's sort of descent into this madness, and he experienced a similar thing. So when he's... He, he he just talked about just publishing it. He'd get it printed up himself at a local printer that he knew because you just couldn't put it out on the shelves. It was just too much politics, too much price reduction, too much all of that type of stuff just to sort of disrupt the message yeah. it was getting it's out not- there. And now he's trying to do a book on the convoy protests that happened. And, you know, there's a lot of funny business going on there as well, not being, even being allowed to be published. So it's... It's it's crazy that the book world is is being so censored, and then I, you know, it's not, well, I suppose it's not crazy. It's been censored all throughout history. The book world, it's the most censored well, they, part. Well, they don't of even history, have to burn books anymore, Ethan. They just don't print them to begin that's with. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. So it's, that's how they control that, isn't it? That's even more reason why you should support authors trying to do this because yeah, exactly. they're trying to go through one of the the oldest institutions of censorship in the world. Mm. You know, like Orwell's book was banned in in many countries you know there's still lots of books banned in lots of countries for different reasons you know we could talk about Mein Kampf for example from Hitler that was that's still a controversial book in many countries that's banned so there's there's so many different um, avenues in terms of you know what you can and can't read and if something really is considered that controversial um, it will end up with stuff that really is controversial in their eyes, and and just it's so it's even more reason to support people that try to do that for mm. sure. Mm. Yeah, one of my biggest fears actually is that is that Amazon one day will take a look at my books and say, "Nah, we're not publishing these anymore." <laughs> it's too it's too it's too much disinformation in there. Um, you know, so. I mean, it, it does actually surprise me that your works are allowed to be on there to be honest because it's it flies in the face of everything that they that they kind of stand for you know what i mean um yet it's it's on their platform i mean it kind of has to be because that's how you get your work out there these days isn't it because they're just the biggest and they have the most reach and yeah. blah 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 their their network itself is you know second to none i guess but yeah. um you've kind of got to be on there it's but... huge there's a lot of books on there as well, you know. It, I they, think it's, they it's print too to big order, for really, them. don't they? Like they don't have stockpiles of these things. They just no, no. It's called print on demand. Yeah, that's they, the one. Yeah, they just print them when they're ordered. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's just sort of just going through a process that they're not really just looking at a whole case of John Hamer's books. Just like, mm, you know, it's and there's just millions of books every day. So the, yeah. the fear is. It's and instead of like what John is experiencing here, you try to do an Australian publisher, which is a bit smaller, less population, they're more but Amazon's just this massive powerhouse, you just gotta hope that they don't do the, all this advanced AI scanning and everything that they do on other websites to try and find this out. But I don't think I think it's it should be all right for the moment. Yeah. Use it use it while you can. Couple of authors that have had their books removed from Amazon, but they were mainly about uh, the Holocaust and things like that, which really is a no-no. Yeah. You know? 
So. Yeah, isn't that um, there's a really good one? I wouldn't mind reading. It. I think it's Hellstorm or something um, about oh, the, the fire, there's firestorm there's a, in firebombing in Dresden and stuff. You know, like uh, during World War Two. Uh, yeah, well, there's a video called Hellstorm, which is is on. I don't, it's probably not on YouTube. It's possibly on BitChute. Well worth watching. It's yeah, yeah. Awesome. I think Adam's actually interviewed the um, the author and stuff too over at Cresfile. So. Right. Yeah, it's um, but it's one of those books. Yeah, it's very controversial because it you know it goes against the narrative. Anything that goes against the narrative, yeah. you know, it's just course, uh, yeah. very controversial. Well, um, John, I'll, I'll of course include a, a link to the book um, as always. Well, your uh, to the, your website as well as uh, an Amazon link for the Australian market here. Uh, I'll put a link up for um, for our listeners for Thank anyone you. who's interested in the book. Of course. Um, I will definitely yeah. be grabbing my copy, mate. I'm going to just wait till June rolls around and I'll um, I'll pick up a copy as well, brother. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Uh, Andy, uh, anything uh, from yourself, mate, before we wrap it up with uh, our guest here, Mr. John Hamer, author? Uh, pretty good, General. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting my hands on the book and then um, we'll, uh, we'll grill John then. <laughs> I can just see you sitting there with a highlighter going, oh, yeah, I'm going to ask me about that. Yeah. that yeah. Why didn't he include this and why didn't he include that? What, a, what, a, what about the interdimensional being? problem with why did he include that rather than why didn't he include that? <laughs> yeah, but um, no, thanks, John, for um, coming on tonight. And um, yeah, we, we all, all three, we are really looking forward to um, getting a hold of the material and uh, we'll, um, Thanks, we'll, we'll jump yeah, we'll jump right into it with a, with a fresh show uh, when we've all had a good read, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Brilliant. Uh, really the, appreciate the support, guys. I really the, do. the sales actually be going okay, John, for you at the moment? Yeah, not bad. Um, I haven't been able to do as many podcasts as I did at the big when Falsification of Science was published last year. Uh, for various reasons, but yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's things like these guys, this guys that really help with the sales. So, you know, I, I do appreciate you know being on here and giving the opportunity to to talk about it because uh, it does it does make a difference to my uh, to my sales. Yeah, yeah. Well, no worries, man. We'll um, definitely be getting it out there. I mean, um, our little show here is going. It just gets better and better every year. Um, yeah, we reach a lot more people now. We've I think I right. cracked the, uh, where are we now? Nearly 125,000 downloads of the show since, and it's only, you know, maybe doing it for about four years now. So it's, it's going pretty good, you yeah. know, in terms of an Australian podcast uh, that covers all the, all the news. And I actually had an email from a gentleman um, just recently saying, oh, just, he just came across the show just recently. Now he's starting back from episode one, you know, and, and he's going all the way through. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's great. Well done. Thanks for yeah, listening. Yeah. I appreciate the email, you know. Um, I, sh- I should give him a shout out because, I thought it was really nice that he did that. Uh, if I can quickly find hey. it, go Andy. John, just quickly, Les, um, Les Bell, good on you, Les. Is it on? Um, I think I've asked you this before. I'll, I'll ask again. Is it on Kindle? I'm a bit of a Kindle guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's on Kindle and paperback. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Great. Thank you. Oh, Andy, supporting the beast. <laughs> uh, I know. Look, it is it is supporting the beast. Oh, we all do, mate. We all bloody we, we, yeah. who's carrying one of these stupid things is supporting the beast. But anyway, it, I mean, it does have its advantages, Kindle. You know, it's like if you if you're going away anywhere, you know, you can take instead of taking a great big pile of books, take just this little device, and you've got hundreds of books on there. So I do use them myself, but you know, obviously I just there love are the screen. 
Zealand. Uh, I just, I, <laughs> the, the screen technology on the Kindle is uh, is very, very good. And uh, both me and my wife really like it and you know, prefer it far over reading on a, say, a tablet or, or a phone with the with a backlight that really just makes us tired and, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. It is. It it actually is good technology. The Kindle, the the screen alone is is well worth it. I find yeah. it awesome. All right. Well, we might wrap it up there, gentlemen. Thank you uh, to our guest, Mr. John Hamer, calling in from the UK. It's uh, what is it about guys. eleven? Around about eleven o'clock or something over there. Quarter past eleven, I think. Yeah, quarter past eleven, yeah. Twenty yeah. past eleven. Doing well. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday over there, John. Um, I can tell you, it turns you. out all right. Uh, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, the sun's just come out, so that's, that's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, we had a we had a the sun actually cracked through for a little bit here today after a whole week of rain in uh, in Brisbane here. Just phenomenal amount of bloody water. It's ridiculous, but uh, it's it should we should be clearing yeah. up a little bit this week for us. So. Back to work, had a whole fucking week off work in a really busy month, so it's got to get back to it. All right, John, thank you right, once again, mate. Always appreciate your time, and uh, yep, can't wait to get a copy of that book in my hands, brother. Thanks again, and all the best. Yeah. We'll talk to you again soon, mate. Yeah, good stuff. Bye, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, John. See you, mate. Andy and Ethan, I'll get you to just stick around for me for two seconds. John, I'll let you go. Yeah. Beautiful. There he goes. Cool. All right. Thanks. Thanks, lads. I appreciate. It. Thanks for getting on uh, to Ethan. It was um, good to finally good get, show. The, get the boys back together again. <laughs> no, it was a good show. I'm the definitely looking forward together. to that. Yeah, definitely same. looking forward um, to John's book. Shit. I was having a chat with him on my podcast about it when he was still just sort of going through the motions of it. Yeah. Yeah, and finalizing and everything. And it sounds just tremendous. And and I really. And not just that, you know, talking about John, about some of the bigger hoaxery that's been going on, he really gets it in a way that a lot of people don't. There's a lot of people out there that just sort of don't really have concrete narratives about what is really going on, but he understands the falsification of science and of history and, and some of his previous work that really leads credence to this narrative that he's doing there. So yeah, and that's what I, I think it's fantastic. That's why I think this book... Uh, out of all the work he's done is probably one of the most important he's really done a good from what I've heard anyway he's done a, such a good snapshot of that last two years but n not just encapsulated what's happened but why it's happened and who's involved in it happening and what it all means you know for everyone and where it's going like it's yeah it was really needed someone needed to do it and I'm glad he did it you know yeah for sure and and a, and a lot of the deeper tones you know the symbolism the, the masks and their submission, you know, there's a lot of uh, esoteric mm. elements that make up the greater play that's going on, this apocalypse slash unveiling, you know, the same word. This is what's going on. Um, and, and, and he's really, he understands that. So it's fantastic. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Man, I can tell you what, I, I do think that, yeah, it's definitely going to be a money thing that happens. Next. That'll be the next big thing. It's going to have to be a currency, worldwide currency shift of some sort. And it's going to go digital. It'll be the yeah. CBDCs yep. for sure. You know, um, I did find yep. that this that list this little. Um, I reckon it was a bit of a uh, probably a bit of a test run. This whole um, sort of crashing the you know the crypto market a little bit. You know that little bubble it's had or whatever the dips and falls and stuff. I think they've kind of just tested it to see if if what they've been doing has been working and then they can manipulate it and flick that switch whenever they want. You know, I think they now know that they can do it and. Um, 
Yeah, it's just ready. It's ready to go when they want to do it. You know. Yeah. Make it. Look yeah. Well, I, I crash I'm, it. Mm. Exactly, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're buying up even more crypto during this time. You know, they might even we might even transition to crypto, and and obviously blockchain technology is going to be a part of the future, which I think is what they're really trying to capitalize on is the mm. blockchain element. They want everything in society, even our health and our identities and everything, to just be all on a blockchain. But yeah, all our governments you know, want to do blockchain, system. don't they? Yeah, yeah, I think they've found some way over the years a way to to understand it and 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 incorporate this into the thing that's why i always just encourage people you know it's it's not it's real value assets that are that are key fruit vegetables food water land you know these things shelter these things you really need to be focusing on getting into the future you know a lot of people think that they're in their houses but they're just in debt traps and it's it's really a tough thing for you know a lot of people once it all hits the fan. We've just seen interest rates go up a bit. It's they're just going to go up multiple times by the end of the year, mm. and this is everything we've been talking about for years. So they're just going to manipulate the currency, manipulate the economy, and Australia is not like um, other countries. We won't end up bartering like Greece did once they were under austerity measures and everything, because that's what'll come—just mass austerity and there'll be ATM withdrawal limits like there was in Greece. All that European. Collapse yeah, a few years ago now. was really a test run. Yeah, and people think it's a collapse, like everything just collapses overnight. But it's it's not that. It's just sort of a gradual decrease in standards of life, in cost of living, less mm-hmm. jobs, housing going through the roof, all this type of stuff. And 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 that's that's sort of what they envision. But if you're prepared for that, you can you can maneuver that and and weather the storm. Um, I recently just wrote an article on TOTT News about what helped Australia survive the Great Depression, and that was. Uh, resilience and self-reliance mm. and we we need to do that because they sort of even though they were all poor and everything was collapsing back then they weren't impoverished in their soul they weren't poor so to speak because they they let go of luxuries that they they knew that they couldn't afford and, and sort of formed a new way and communities come together and we need to do that again in a sense we need to understand those values and Realize that they're just morphing this system, mate. Yeah. It's all changing. It's going yeah. to the next control system, and well, thing, you things know, like that, to... Ethan. Are, they're born out of necessity. You know what I mean? They they will come. It will happen. And people will have to make those tough decisions and start to live like that because you know once you sort of become the have-nots in in society, you know what I mean? And we're already the have-nots now because we have nothing but debt, really. But we still have. You know, when we when we can't go out there and buy stuff anymore you know and buy things and go and buy a new tv or whatever you know and or upgrade to the next fucking spy device you know what i mean and when when people start to feel that pinch things like that will come it'll but it'll you know it doesn't happen until it's they're born out of necessity like i said you know what i mean exactly yeah and hopefully yeah hopefully australia sort of goes through that you know we we reimagine what those values were and stuff because that's what's happening and it might not even be that they might have learnt from that and do something different this time. You know, it really is about the collapse of the middle class, like finally wiping them out. Just having things a little bit more expensive for us. You know, there's people that are selling their houses at a point one percent increase and stuff. For them, because they've got so much wealth and so many assets, and they control big tech, so a lot of them are making money online and stuff. They don't have to go out to real, you know, jobs and work in the you know, factory or whatever the case may be, mm. they're going to be all right through this transition. As we've seen through COVID, 
the whole world shut down and they become $50 billion richer. Australia's top 200 wealthiest people become $50 billion richer collectively over the two years. Mm. They're prepared for that, whereas to us it's just going to be a constant grind. Like the Great Depression, the the, the elite weren't suffering. <laughs> they, they were fine. Yeah. They were getting ready to transition, had all their gold. They're doing the same now, but we have to just realise that we can't get caught up in that similar trap. We need to get away from it as much as possible um, because they're, they're morphing. And as John said, who knows, climate change, lockdowns, all this stuff that's going to happen, they really mean it when they say you own nothing and you'll be happy. Yeah, they, they really do. It's a scary thought, but when you actually try and you know, pose that term or that that. that well, that term to to the normies out there like do you realize that that's the way that the people running the world actually think you know like makes you wonder do they get it do the people at the npcs npcs out there do they understand that you know what i mean that they don't want you to have this they don't want you to go out and be able to buy a new car you'll own nothing and you'll love it you know what i mean that's the yeah. way they, they they see it for this future and i, I don't think they the, the people out there really realize that you know no they will love it they'll love it Trust me, by the time it comes in, the normie masses out there will be psychologically manipulated so bad to the point that they will think it's a good thing. Mm. That's They really mean that. It's, it's not like a, a pun intended. We don't like it. People like us that are awake and, and see mm. what's going on and stuff. But the, the normal NPC, as we were talking about before, mm. cashless society, they're going to welcome tech in their chips, in their body. They're going to welcome. It's it's only a matter of they're already massively on board for changing the world, for climate change and stuff. You know, they can tip that narrative. You know, the, they're already talking about eating worms. At Australia's yeah. research institute crickets and stuff and like shit, yeah. crickets and all that, they're going to be in the dirt eating that stuff, and the, and they'll love it because they save the planet. General, mm. they mm. stop the spread and they save the planet from climate change. <laughs> and it's it really is crazy. It's it's it a phenomenal is. time to be alive. I do find it. I, I have a, there's a part of me that struggles to wonder how they're going to overcome because you know it's it's very ingrained in our society to have. You know the the home and the car and you know it's it's you sort of everyone's brought up that way you know in a sense you know your mum and dad owned a home they had everyone had a family car and and that's that's still going you know I don't I'm just wondering if it's this is it really going to be this this next the gener my my kids generation that's going to be growing up you know they are they are they currently training them to think don't ever buy a home, just rent, or don't ever buy a car, just lease it, or, you know, you don't need a car, mm. just just ride an electric scooter everywhere, and, you know, like, it just makes you wonder, are they, when are they going to try and get that out of us, that that's not the Australian way anymore, that that's not, you know, part of life, to have that home and a car and that sort of thing, yeah. you know, because that's still well, very ingrained in this country, I think. Well, that's what I feel Well, it's anyway. a good question. It's a good question, mate, and I hope that is the case, and I thought it was ingrained until... I just watched business owners give up their entire businesses and everything that they've worked for over the last two years without batting an eyelid. Mm. You know, people can be convinced that that's not important anymore. People literally just destroyed their entire lives over the last two years because the government told them to. They lost their houses. They lost their businesses. It's just a waste town all throughout New South Wales. Every regional town, everything's closed for sale. Mm. It's, it's remarkable. But... You would think. I always thought in Australia we're all we're proud of that stuff and, and we would do it, but it really makes you 
understand the bread in the circuses like it was all a, a masquerade design for people and 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 i think there are still people that will will do it and as david rockefeller said there will be people that die protesting the new world order and that's just what's going to happen it's not going to stop it but yeah i'm not to be too, i hope it's not the case but i mean the last two years general how could you sit back like if i owned a, a business or a restaurant or something you know like there's no way you'd be rolling over for this type of stuff, that you'd give up everything that you've you've put in there. Mm. You'd be fighting for it. You'd be getting the rest of the business owners, but most Australians didn't do that in overwhelming numbers. And it's like, wow. But they'll give up that for a virus. What are they going to do for an existential crisis that's going to threaten the planet? You know, more geo-engineered weathers. What happens if an inferno comes through your... You know, the, another more bushfires and stuff. You know, they'll drill the message in real quick. You don't need this home. You know, look at the flood victims. They're just continuously well, that's raining the next thing, out. Isn't it? They're already there. Lismore. Yeah. You're not coming back to Lismore. No. Don't think you're rebuilding here. And if you, you do, you're never going to get house. insurance ever again for anything. Yeah. Yep. You, this is not where you're going to have your house now. This mm. is like they, they'll just take it all. So I, I don't mean to be doom, gloom, doomy and gloomy. Well, you know, I always try to be it, yeah. a positive. I try to be a positive, but, and I always try to stress to people, I don't include myself or us in these discussions. When I talk about them, I, you know, I distinguish between the, the normie masses and people like us that can, uh, can see what's happening and are going along for the ride and can process this type of information. We've got a different destiny. Mm. We can see this coming and avoid it, but there's a lot of people that, yeah, yeah. Pivot, when I pivot talk before about it actually happens to us, sort of thing. We're yeah. watching some crazy stuff unfold, we, and we will be watching it. You know, we'll mm -hmm. be telling this for generations to come. But it's it's a crazy thing that is happening to humanity. And I, yeah, I used to believe that the values are strong and that people believed in that type of stuff. But it's just getting less and less every year. And you, to your point, general, the younger generation, this whole uni green climate people you know they're and, and young people are already doing it so tough they don't own houses already they're already living with six or seven of their mates in houses or whatever the case may be or yeah. small dormitories they already understand that minimalistic way of life so they'll be the first to jump on living in a box and eating bugs and all this type of stuff you know so mm. But anyway, that's as long just, as they can just, tiktok it mate i'm sure they'll be happy you know <laughs> <laughs> that's it mate that's Bread, is, bread and circus, yeah. more like bugs and bugs and circus. But anyway, yeah, I know what you mean. Bugs and TikTok, mate. <laughs> bugs and TikTok. That's the way it's going to be. In your uh. little cube box. Because <laughs> you're on lockdown infinitely, yep. permanently. Yep. And we're just in the in the mountains somewhere, you know, like Bin Laden trying to... <laughs> Come on, if they can't catch Bin Laden for 12 years, wink, wink. We'll be right. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So good to get you back on the show, man. Oh, makes me laugh. So true. These are the things we see. <laughs> yeah. All right. It, mate. Well, I might wrap it up there, gentlemen. Um, Andy, you're still in the wings. There he is. Yeah. Thanks for... I'm here, brother. I'm here, brother. Thanks for sparing you the time. Bin Laden, Bin Laden wasn't responsible for 9-11? <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding me, man. Crush my dreams. Uh... <laughs> They found Saddam Hussein in an underground cave. He was breathing out through a straw, remember? It was a big straw that come out of the ground. That was his only air and oxygen. We'll be right. We'll be, we'll be all good. 
That was actually I caught my first plane for the first time like a couple uh, weeks ago. For oh, was that ages when you went down to Newcastle or whatever? Yeah, I went down sort of the east coast of Australia, and then I was coming back. But I was just looking over all the bushes and stuff, and it's it's we live in a huge country. This it's, whole thing about overpopulation and yeah. stuff like you could we were so low and you couldn't even see in those bushes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just there's it's, that much. There's a world out there. Yeah, there's that much livable land. Even though the half the country is desert in the middle, there's that much livable land around the edges, in inside of and, and away from the major t- towns and cities too. It's it's we have yeah. so much space Huge. here. It's unbelievable. Yeah. More more than what we need. And yeah, you know, we can leave it all behind. Leave it all all this stuff behind. Just watch the watch the the cities and everything implode. Mm, you, I know. you can you just get, escape it all. Just live like off the land, you know. There's that there's much. A whole world out there, people. Yeah. You know? So it's the choice is yours. But this is what's going to happen to those that choose to stay within this system. It's going through a massive shakeup. And hey, if you're someone that wants to profit off that, there is ca- opportunity in chaos. If you're someone that wants to take advantage of that and become a leader in the new control system, you know, do that. But for me, I just it's just time we just get away from it you know mm. once they're transforming it that's almost our only avenue to escape it you know this is a grand opportunity how many times how many people get to live through the transformation of one control system to another general this is our chance mate yeah true the walls are coming down you just walk out before the new walls come out yeah yeah before the new ones get built up around you exactly Mm. Oh, interesting times ahead, gentlemen. Interesting times ahead. Um, Bye. That does indeed wrap up another episode, season four, episode 14. Uh, our guest has, of course, left us for this one, but thanks again, gentlemen, for uh, for coming on for a chat. It's good to, good to catch up with you boys again. Uh, anything else just before we go? You good to go? Yeah. All good, boys. The uh, name of John's book again for you, I'm just having Welcome to the masquerade. Welcome to the masquerade. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, awesome. No worries, boys. Uh, I'll just got my. I got the Kindle here. I'm just going to do a search for. Hang on. Oh. oh. Okay. Well. That's it. I'll just put in the Skype chat. That's on his website. That's a link to his one there, which I think he's got a. Uh, does he have a link? Oh, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Just search for it on Amazon. You better find it. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll uh, I'll wrap it up there. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone.
Oh, 